Maybe Morgan dressed like Wolverine Maybe Dave ate his way out of trouble Maybe Tuscan's diorama came in last Maybe Morgan tunneled out of jail Maybe Dustin ran for council member Maybe Dave found himself horribly miscast Find out what happened Yes, find out what happened Since when last we left our Welcome to When Last We Left Our Podcast, a bi-weekly storytelling podcast hosted by me, Morgan Vielli. Me, Dave Worth. And me, Dustin Diodato. Each week we tell true life stories inspired by the events that happened to us since the last time we recorded this podcast. When last we left our podcast, Dave got distracted. Dustin tried to relive former glory and Morgan dealt with his anxiety. This week, Morgan confronts his past. Dustin confuses Las Vegas and Dave coffees his face. All right. All right. So um, <laughs> this happened to me a couple weeks ago. Um, this was during one of the many periods of time where the MTA didn't know how to run a train. I was coming back from work, <clears throat> and I take a, and I'll try to keep this from being too New York centric. I know that's definitely a thing we can fall into a little bit here. Um, I was taking the M train back from work, and I got like halfway home, and then they announced over the loudspeaker that due to some unspecified event further up the line, they were dumping all of us out and we had to just kind of make our own way home. Um, my solution was to take another train much further past where I live and then hoof it, um, back because there's another train stop that's kind of near where I live, but it's about a 20 minute walk, which I always misremember as being a 10 minute walk until I do it. And then I'm reminded, Oh no, this is a 20 minute walk. This is a long effing walk. So I, um, I started my journey back from that stop, um, with hope in my heart and, uh, all the energy in the world, uh, putting a spring in my step. And I'm walking along, and this is an area I don't, so I live in a place, uh, well, maybe, maybe I don't want to give my actual home address. This is an area of... You can give the town. Um, this is an area of, uh, of uh, Winchester, Connecticut. That, no, this, is a, <laughs> this is an area of Brooklyn that um, is a little bit southeast of where I live. And so it's not an area I go to very often. Um, <clears throat> Even though it's like, again, it's like this 20 minute walk. I just, I never go down there because it's mostly like warehouses and, you know, especially at certain times of night, it gets a little bit dicey. But this is during the day. This is about 530, 5, 5.30. And so I'm walking back from this area and I'm walking along. I've got, you know, it's, it's a long walk. It's the, the walk's starting to get to me. The spring is starting to leave my step. The, the sun's beating down. I'm a little bit overdressed for the weather because who can predict the weather lately? So I've got my my hoodie on and a t-shirt and I've got my black jacket down over that. Um, I'm walking along and I look up at a certain point and I notice there's a woman walking in front of me by about half a block. And I'm walking along and and there's nothing to really look at. So I'm just kind of like looking at the back of this woman. And at a certain point, I, I realize, huh, I think this is somebody that I I mean, she looks a lot like somebody that I dated. And this is just from the back. And it was just kind of a passing fancy. I'm like, oh, this looks like uh, Jody, a woman that I dated um, when I, right after I moved to New York, after I'd been here for maybe six months. And Jody was um, one of the best people that I'd met coming to New York. And one of the best people that I dated. Um, someone I still have incredibly fond feelings uh, about and for. But it was someone that I kind of screwed things up with. And so I've got, like, it's a bit of mixed feelings, but there's a passing thought that goes in and out of my mind. 
But I'm still looking at this woman as I'm walking along. And as she's walking, I start to notice more and more things. So Jody and I dated for about a year. And at a certain point, we were spending a lot of time at each other's places. If we continued dating, we probably would have moved into one person's place or the other. And it was that sort of relationship where you're spending so much time with a person, you start to notice very small little things. But it had also been about four or five years since we'd broken up. And all of those things had left my mind. I'd just forgotten about them. So I'm walking behind this woman um, who looks a bit like Jody from behind. And I'm starting to notice little things that take me back to when we were dating. Uh, things like she had from the back of her head, she had a similar haircut. And I noticed the way her hair curled and bunched in the back reminded me of the way Jody's hair curled up and bunched in the back too. Or the way she walked, she had a little bit of a half step hop to her walk like Jody did. And she would, uh, Jody would hold her hand, her right hand out to the side, kind of like curling up and outwards in a jaunty fashion. And this woman was doing that too. And I'm, as, as I'm walking behind this woman more and more, I'm starting to feel like maybe this is Jody because I, I just, Every little detail is taking me right back to when she and I dated. Just the way she carried herself, the the types of clothes she uh, chose to wear, the way the clothes hang on her, all these little nuances um, are all reminding me of Jody. And now I'm starting to get really nervous because, like I said, um, we we only dated for a year, but it was a very close relationship, and it was a relationship that I botched. It was, at the time, I didn't really understand why I had these overpowering feelings that I needed to break up with her. That just kind of, I don't want to say they came on suddenly because it was over the course of about a month, but they did seem to come out of the blue and I couldn't really put my finger on what they were. Just this overpowering sensation that this was a bad idea and I needed to get out of it. And I'm not going to go too much into how it all went down because it's really depressing to me and I don't like really revisiting it, but I sprang it on her out of the blue. Um, and she was completely blindsided when I, when I said, I think we should break up, um, completely like to the point where I was also kind of blindsided because I hadn't intended to tell her that, um, it had been rolling around in my brain and we had had like a day together and she was walking me to the bus and that was when I said it and just kind of leapt out of my mouth as we were walking to the bus. And she stopped in her tracks and said, but what? And then at that point, I was committed to that. So I just kind of kept going with it and ended things. And we had met up once more after we broke up a couple of days later where we had more of a chance to talk and really talk things through. And I thought more or less smooth things over and that maybe it wouldn't be too bad a break. We talked on the phone for a little bit after that. And you know how that is where after a breakup, you kind of stay in touch with the person because you're so used to being with that person that it's still comfortable, but then it starts to get less and less. And at a certain point, Jody said, I, I don't think I can keep doing this. I, I can't keep talking on the phone. This, this is really hard on me. And then we stopped talking entirely. And then I reached out to her a couple of years later after Hurricane Sandy hit to make sure she was okay because her neighborhood was one of the flooded areas. Um, and I, I reached out to her through email and her response made it very clear that things weren't okay between us and that she was still having, you know, was very rightfully so very upset with me over how I'd ended things. And there was a very difficult exchange back and forth um, that I, you know, entirely deserved and I kind of put that to bed. 
Um, but I've never been able to really put it behind me. She's someone who's still, I think about a lot because she was just this like very interesting, very funny person that I, I connected with on a number of levels in a way that I haven't really connected with other people. And I wished I had, I always wished I treated her better and that I had a better idea of what had happened. And it's, and it's, um, taken a lot of years of therapy and talking to people to realize that a lot of what had gone on was, had nothing to do with her. Um, it was, I had lost my mom about a, a year and a half before Jody and I had met. And I had, at the time I was also living with this other woman who, um, ended things with me in a very abrupt fashion. And that had only been, you know, that had only ended about a year and a half before uh, Jody and I'd met. And so I had all these abandonment issues and this just, I wasn't in a good place emotionally. So on some subconscious level, um, I think that I just assumed that, Oh, Jody will also eventually leave me. And so when it got to, and it's, it's probably no coincidence that Jody and I dated for the exact same amount of time as this previous woman and I had dated. So when it got to that, 10 month mark, that feeling of anxiety of, oh, well, this is going to end now too. And it's going to really, really hurt. I should probably just tear this bandit off now, um, is likely what made me do what I did. And all this is going through my mind as I'm still a half a block behind this woman who looks from the back a lot like Jody and is walking a lot like Jody and is, you know, wearing, carrying her clothes a lot like Jody and all of these things. And now I'm just desperate to see her face because I can only see her from behind. And I keep trying to catch a glimpse of a reflection as we pass by parked cars, but I don't want her to see mine because I know how much, or I assume I know how much it would hurt for her to see me just based on our last time we'd interacted, which was that email exchange. And we're getting closer. And it's hard for me to also keep, because I'm a very fast walker and an impatient walker. So I'm also trying to keep pace so that I don't overtake her. Um, but we get to the corner and I'm only a couple steps behind her, and a fire engine starts to come down uh, the road as we're waiting at the intersection. And she turns to the right to look at the fire engine. And I'm kind of in her, if you're thinking of cars, I'm kind of in her blind spot at this point. And it was just enough of her face for me to go, I think that's Jody. And I quickly turned on my heel. And I'm wearing glasses now, which I didn't wear then. And I don't think she, she didn't catch my eye. And I don't think she recognized me, which I think is good. Because again, I don't like to think of how she would feel to see me. Because I don't think she would feel good. And she seemed to be really happy. She was walking with a bounce in her step. And she had a smile on her face. And that made me really happy to see. But I, yeah, I turned on my heel. And I just power walked away. And tried to make, stay on the other side of the road as I made the rest of my way to my apartment. Um, yeah. And that stuck with me for the rest of that week. Just It took me right back to breaking up with Jody and repeatedly hurting her every time I tried to do what I, in my misguided way, I thought was the right thing. Um, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> in, uh, with all the knowledge that you have now, have you explained, did you ever take the time to explain to her that like it had absolutely nothing to do with her and that you were I, probably just dealing with some shit? Yes and no. I, I did say that this probably has nothing, you know, this has nothing to do with you. I didn't say probably. This had nothing to do with you um, when we interacted after Sandy, but I didn't know a lot of this yet. 
Um, I had just started going to a therapist at that point because I torpedoed a bunch of other relationships afterwards. And so I didn't understand myself what was going on yet. So the, what, the realization that this is probably related directly to my mom's death and this other woman leaving me and the, the whole 10-month thing has been a fairly recent one within the last couple of years. And I've debated it and I've talked with my friend Lynn. Lynn thinks I should reach out too. And I've gone back and forth about whether or not I feel comfortable reaching out to her or whether that's even a good idea. But I've thought about that. I think you should. I mean, like, you know, I mean, we don't have time for us to get into it now, right. but, I, but I think that like, I, I think if nothing else, her understanding and the motivation might make a difference. And I think it might yeah. make you feel good to sort of, to give some reason to it, because I, I'm assuming if it were me just having a person sort of out of nowhere when things are good, saying something like that would fuck me up for future relationships in the same way that you we're fucked up for that relationship. Yeah. You know? No, that's, yeah. And that's the thing that I think about a lot is that I did to her exactly what had been done to me. Right. Um, yeah. And she may be feeling that with all, she may not be able to trust other relationships because she doesn't know what she did wrong there. And if she really could honestly understand that, like, yeah, nothing. Um, I mean, it may or may not help because she'll be like, Oh, well who knows when that's going to happen again. But, right. Right. I and mean, she could just respond with, oh, well, fuck you. I, I don't want to hear from you again. And that's that's on me. I mean, I should just... Yeah. Yeah. I'm pulling for you, though. Thanks. Have her call me. Okay. I'll talk about it. It, it was, and also threw me because this was not an area where I, as far as I knew, she lived. So, like, the whole experience was just out of nowhere. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I haven't stayed in contact with her. So I don't know if she moved, but it was very surprising. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think you should contact her. I remember her. I liked her. Um, she was great. She was great. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you're like, I can totally understand the reticence. If nothing else, like, what if I ruin her day? Yeah, this exactly. Just shows up in her email inbox and now she has to deal with it. Yeah. Um, uh, so if there's, I, I, I mean, if there's a way to do it, that's not that. Yeah. But like, I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah. Uh, okay, I guess it's my turn. Indeed. Um, I traveled to Las Vegas. I'm sorry. Which, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, I, I went for work. Uh, I was there for six days. The first three were for a show that uh, I was uh, producing. And the second three were for a conference, uh, the National Association of Broadcasters. Uh, every year in Vegas in uh, late April... Uh, they take over the Las Vegas Convention Center. Uh, there are five floors of nothing but like TV broadcasting, like vendors trying to sell you their new cool shit. A lot of great tans, I assume. <laughs> yeah, it um, it is um, like if you're ever wondering, like, is there a old boys club or whatever? Like, yeah, like <laughs> uh, you know, maybe uh, there. I mean, I know that there are women working in TV. Um, there are no women working in like the purchase of TV equipment there. Uh, it was all white guys over 50 and Asian guys between 30 and 60. I couldn't really tell. Like, hmm. um, there were maybe four different suits purchased total, like, and just put on different people. Like, uh, the best way I can describe walking through there is um, imagine like somebody made a video game. Um, they designed like 
six models total of people um, and just said, okay, just make them taller and shorter <laughs> like, uh, and just replay those number of people. Uh, so that's what it was, except uh, it's one of the few places that uh, booth babes still exist. Um, like there was one particular uh, hall, uh, like the North, the North gross. hall, like upper floor um, was like, there was a, a, a booth that was showing different cameras, but there was a lady dressed like in a skimpy post-apocalyptic outfit um, who was just saying hi to you as you went by. Uh, or there was another section where they were, um, uh, they were showing hard drives and there were just two girls in skimpy clothing playing ping pong. It had nothing to do with anything that they were doing. It was just like, hey, look at this. Okay. Like, <laughs> um, like it was just so like, at least at like Comic-Con where they used to have booth babes, like they were tangentially related to the booth. So you'd like, okay, like you're just a hot girl dressed up in the outfit of a thing that you're seeing. Um, these were just hot girls for the sake of, of like drawing your eye to the place. Um, and it was confusing as hell because like none of the booths were like told you what they did. Like it was all like workflow solutions <laughs> and bringing you into the future. You know, like you had to stop there and be like, what, what do you, what do you do? You know? <laughs> and when there are like five floors of convention, like, you know, convention center floors are like these gigantic behemoth halls. And there were five of them. Like you couldn't look at everything. Um, I looked it up uh, and there are 98,000 people that attend the NAB conference every year. Um, and of those people, how many do you think had a white cane and were visually impaired? One. There was one and it was me. And it like, now if you're looking for guys who were on those like rascal scooters because they couldn't walk good, um, those were everywhere. They were renting those things to whoever wanted them. So like every five feet was a dude just like in his little scooter because he was too fat. Um, but there were no guys with canes and it confused the fuck out of every single person that I like that I walked by. Um, and I, I mostly walked with, uh, you, you well, said, no, it's just in fairness. It is a visual medium, right? Yeah, no, I, I get that. I get that. Um, yeah, I, I, I mostly was traveling, uh, with a guy from work, uh, this guy, Adam, and like, I was trying to avoid walking to people. So I couldn't see that, that like, I couldn't see the people who were kind of getting out of the way. Uh, but we were talking about it. And um, yes, every person looked at me like, you know, like I had an octopus on my head. Like everybody was confused as all hell. Um, and but like the thing that amused him uh, and amuses me post the whole thing is uh, that like when I'm walking and people are coming in the opposite direction because traffic flow was crazy. Um, like every single person had to make a choice of like, stop for the blind guy or run quickly and get past the blind guy. <laughs> um, and according to him, uh, about 80% of people chose run past the blind guy. Um, but instantly all of them had that look of like, Oh, I'm awful. <laughs> like, I'm a bad person. <laughs> like, I, feel like, I feel like run past the blind guy was a camp game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, and it was always interesting too, like, cause we had set up a bunch of, um, like 
meetings with folks. Um, you know, like, hey, explain this thing to me. And usually when we set up the meeting, there, there are ultimately like 10 of us that were there. Um, and we would break off into packs. And when we had a meeting, the 10 of us would come back together. Uh, and I was arguably the highest ranking official uh, of the group of people that we had there. Um, but I was also the dead last person that anybody would talk to. So we'd all sit down and they'd like talk, you know, talk all around. Um, and then I'd be the one asking questions and I'd be the one everybody was like deferring to. And you'd slowly see them like change to just like talking to me. Cause they knew that it was the guy who <laughs> decided we were buying their shit. Um, so like for me, I mentally had the thing of like the sooner a person starts talking to me, the more that I, I like them. Uh, so, uh, so I had that sort of weird, like, feeling there of just, like, not quite being, like, in the right place. Because everybody looking at me like, you don't belong here. Um, and then I'd go to, I went to the hotel. And when we first, the first hotel we stayed at for the show was Mandalay Bay. Go to Mandalay Bay. It's fucking awesome. If you're listening to Mandalay Bay, give me a free room because I said that. <laughs> but, like, it's really cool. Like, everything was great. Uh, and then we moved to the Monte Carlo, which is a older hotel that is not quite as nice. And most of the rooms look like you're in prison. Um, so um, we checked in and the, uh, the room that I got, the problem was uh, the, like the shower. There was no light above the shower and it was far from the middle of the room. Uh, so I basically figured out that I would have to shower kind of like in the dark for me, mm. you know? Um, and I went down, um, and I was like, Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't want to shower in the dark. Like, <laughs> do you have a different room? So they sent, they gave me keys to a different room. And I checked that out and it was the exact same thing. So they gave me keys to a different room, checked it out. It was the exact same thing. And I had a friend of mine who was with me the whole time, um, who was more courageous than I was. And after we had checked out two other rooms, he was like, Hey, do you have any other rooms that maybe have a different layout? <laughs> that would work um and we knew that we were staying in the cheapest rooms conceivable so by different layout we meant like better room <laughs> uh so so they uh they're like okay well we have this one and like since it's for need um we can give it to you for like an extra 10 bucks a night uh take a look let me know what you think uh and we opened the door and before i like had gone to, checked out the shower i was like yeah this room because <laughs> uh, it was one of the suites um it had uh like a separate couch area with a giant tv and a bunch of chairs and like floor to ceiling windows that like looked over the strip it had a second bathroom for no fucking good reason like it was like um it was one of those rooms where like i don't use this word but it was like it's a baller room like sure. it was definitely you, and i was you can like use that, room, that yeah word. uh and i was like for an extra 10 bucks a night fucking sign me up for the, you know, uh, for the extra room. So I immediately was like, yes, the bathroom is better. Can I have this room? Uh, which it was. One of them would have to be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, the bathroom was better. Although I wanted to be like, what other type of room do you have? Because <laughs> uh, they like on the mat, like when you're checking in, like they don't have the room that we stayed in, but they have like the progressively nicer rooms. And like the top one had like a jacuzzi in the middle of it. And I was like, I was like, what if I just keep saying bathrooms are bad <laughs> until I get the jacuzzi room and find out like that's only $35 more. Yes. Um, but then we also talked about how weird it would be to just be like, I'm in a jacuzzi by myself in the middle of the room. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, so 
uh, I checked into that room feeling really good. Um, and then the first night we were there by virtue of just like all of our group going different ways. Um, I like everybody left and I didn't want to eat by myself. And like in the lobby of the building, because it's a shitty hotel is like a food court with like fast food. Um, so the first night, despite everything I know about myself, I ate Sbarro's alone in the fucking food court <laughs> and hated every single second of it. And I was like, I am in this giant crazy ballroom and I'm eating Sbarro's <laughs> like next to a bunch of really sad people who are also eating here because they've lost all of the money they have in the world. Um, it'll be fine tomorrow, I thought. Um, no, because I lost everybody again. And I was like, okay, I have no choice but to go to the food court because I'm not going to go to a restaurant like alone because that, uh, that's not a thing that I do. Um, I was like, all right, I'm just going to get fries at the McDonald's and bring it back to the room and like at least hide my shame in my baller room, right? So I get the McDonald's, I bring it up to the room, put it on like the coffee table that they have there, um, like get distracted for a second, hit the side of the bag and all the flies go, fries go on the floor. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go downstairs and get new fries. I'm just going to accept the fact that I'm going to eat these fries off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so I slowly take all off the floor, put them like on top of the bag and alone eat floor French fries <laughs> in the best hotel room I will probably ever stay in. Um, well, you know, it's probably clean then. Yeah. Those floors. I'm hoping it's clean. Yeah. I'm really hoping it's clean. Uh, so that was sort of my trip to Vegas that the, like, you know, um, like the only blind guy in the TV conference and the guy eating French fry off the floor <laughs> in the hotel room. Uh, so yeah. I feel like a lot of food gets eaten off of Vegas hotel floors. It probably it? does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would have preferred it be from a hotel that felt less prisony. The, uh, the only time I have ever stayed in a suite, uh, was for my wedding. My wife and I had a, had a suite, bedroom uh hotel room and it was amazing and we went through we stayed there for like four days or something like that um and it was like day day three before my wife was like hey what's this room and she opens another door and she's like there's a second bathroom (laughs) (laughs) and i was like yeah you didn't know she's like ah (laughs) (laughs) dancing around uh, she was so happy. <laughs> but, uh, that's the nice thing about that is you can just use up one bathroom and then just throw it away. <laughs> yeah. For the record, on the third night, uh, a vendor brought us out to a steakhouse, and I ate like like the hillbilly who like finally got a real meal. <laughs> you know, like I was so excited and like poking like, look at this. This is real food. This is not. Like, <laughs> this isn't floor fries or nothing. I mean, I, I've heard. I don't know. Yeah. Like, if I saw me from the outside, I'd be like, act like you've been there, dude. Like, <laughs> but yeah, that's what happened. Awesome. Uh, so, my turn. Um, I uh, was walking uh, dogs for, for my job on Thursday. And um, I started getting really tired midday around uh, 3, you know, when you're supposed to be taking a nap. Yes, yes, so time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't taking a nap, so instead I was just tired. 
Uh, so between uh, dogs, I was like, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. I'm going to treat myself to coffee. Uh, so I went to this, uh, I mean, the coffee in, in Sunnyside, uh, if you are somebody who has like, uh, an eye for investment and, um, making a lot of money, the coffee in Sunnyside Queens is awful and you can make a lot of money cause there are a lot of, uh, beardos like myself in Sunnyside will pay for it. Um, but right now we're just rocking a cafe, Bene, a Starbucks, and like a bunch of bodegas. So I went to a bodega, um, and I uh, it's uh, it's a bodega I go to pretty frequently for coffee. Um, pretty much whenever I forget that it takes ten minutes to get coffee there for no good reason. The guy who owns it uh, is this really angry seeming guy. Like he's he's always. He's one of those angry, happy guys, a guy who who expresses his anger and therefore it makes him really happy, if that makes sense. Or uh, alternatively, he's expressing his happiness through anger. I don't know. <laughs> but the point is, like, can, can you give me an example? He always seems super happy to be cursing at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, like he just speaks in this language of asshole curses and everybody around him is like, all right, cool. Like, they don't give it back to him. They don't do anything. They're just like, that's that guy. He's happy to be cursing at me. Uh, he, he, he chain smokes, and he, and he sounds like it. Um, and he's completely inefficient in every way. Uh, for those at home, I think the hand gesture that Dave did, and I don't know if you intentionally did this, but it was like a person who was smoking like nine cigarettes <laughs> at a time. Yeah, yeah. I see him out in front of the place, and he's just like smoking him down to the nub, and like the guy will be delivering chips, and he'll just be like, "Where the fuck were you? You were supposed to be here uh, fifteen minutes ago." And the guy's like, I, "It's chips. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it's a truck. It's New York. Here's your chips. You seem really angry and happy." <laughs> um, so that guy uh, works there. As you can imagine, he does not move with speed when when uh giving people their things anyway i pull into the place uh and there's two guys in front of me and i immediately go oh well fuck i'm i'm fucked uh it's gonna take a while one of the guys has ordered a sandwich <laughs> and the other guy is just sort of standing there waiting for the other guy to get his sandwich so that his order which he made before he gave guy who made the sandwich can be completed um are you are you dogs on hand or are you by yourself? no i'm by myself yeah. i'm in between dogs uh so it's okay um but i do want to get through my day you know i want to want to get back home to to where i can be uh eating fries off the floor <laughs> um and uh so the two guys who are in there like while the angry guy is banging around and being like, fuck, where's the fucking bread? Um, the two guys who are in there, one is this like uh, young bro-y dude it, just wearing sweatpants and like a sweatshirt and, um, you know, just really earnest expression on his face being like, oh, bro, I can't wait for my egg salad. Uh, <laughs> and the other guy who's standing there is like one of those skinny older guys who's probably 50, but has the health of an 80 year old, you know? Um, and neither of them are in, in any hurry because they've got nowhere to go. They've got nowhere to be. So I'm just sort of standing behind them being like, I want just I want coffee. That's all I want. A, I'm addicted to coffee and I need it physically right now. And B, I'm really tired and I want to wake up. And C, I want to get through my day. And here's what uh, what uh, what the the older guy uh, 
<laughs> says uh, to the younger guy, "You hear about you hear about uh about Prince." The younger guy goes, "Uh, yeah, 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 yeah." Real sad. Sad. Yeah, real sad. Man, everybody's... Everybody's dying. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you, you hear about, uh... Ted Cruz? What? What? He hired that woman to be his vice president. Hillary Clinton? <laughs> no, 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 that woman. The one from earlier. Fiorini. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, her. I was... I was thinking about Hillary Clinton because I read about her earlier. <laughs> I'm sort of watching these guys being like, what? what? These are two people who have nothing to say to each other who are going <laughs> to have a conversation. Um, uh, real sad about Prince. Yeah, yeah, real sad. Everybody's dying. Mike Tyson died. <laughs> and I went, What? And I actually got out my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, I was away for a couple of weeks. Maybe he did. And no, Mike Tyson's fucking alive. Like, he hasn't, he hasn't died. And the, the old guy goes, what? He, yeah, Mike Tyson. Just yesterday. It's all over CNN. <laughs> oh, man. I ain't heard about that. Yep. Yep. Mike Tyson's dead. Michael Jordan, too. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm like... <gasps> I am not even Googling that because I know that's not the case. Like, Michael, I, I, the, the, if Michael Jordan died suddenly, like, you, people would be running down the street, you know, like, right, firing would, guns in the air. That would break, they'd break into everything. Yeah, yeah. like, like, uh, like, Wolf Blitzer would personally walk into every place where, where yeah. people were and be like, stop what you're doing. Um, so I'm like, the guy who sells underwear is dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the man with the Hitler mustache is dead. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm just sort of watching these two being like, why is this guy killing Michaels? <laughs> like, what's the deal? Uh, the, the angry guy hasn't really been listening, just banging and cursing, finally hands the younger guy his sandwich. He's like, here's your sandwich. And the guy goes, thank you very much, and leaves. The older guy's like, can you believe it? To the, to the, to the angry guy, and the angry guy's like, no, what? No, I can't. Fuck. What? Shit. And like finishes his order, which is like, hard-boiled eggs like you know that dish in bodegas of hard-boiled eggs it's like often by the by the front and it's like a quarter for a hard why would you why the, the food trucks in front of where i work sell them and i constantly see people just getting a hard-boiled egg and it baffles me i yeah. do not understand what I that don't, is i don't know i don't understand it but people get them anyway he takes his he takes his like four hard-boiled eggs and two slices of bread and he's like all right you have a good day and the other guy goes, what do you want to me? And I go, uh, just a small coffee with milk and sugar, please. And from behind me, back by the papers, and then while the guy, while the angry guy's like, a buck 25, and I'm handing it over, back by the papers, I just hear, there ain't nothing in here about no Mike Tyson dying. <laughs> yeah, no, because it didn't happen. Get my coffee and <laughs> I wander off. And that's my story. Wow. Here's what I hope happens. Mm -hmm. Three years from now, Mike Tyson and Michael Jordan die <laughs> in the same week. Right. And it blows Dave's fucking mind. Oh, my God. I mean, that would blow everyone's mind yeah. if that happened. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it'd blow our minds the most yeah. because we would know that this guy came from the future. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
Like he saw it coming. Yeah, he saw. Yeah, he saw it coming. Everyone's dying in the future. Yeah, apparently in the future, uh, couture is mostly sweatpants. <laughs> right. Yeah. I uh, when you described him and you said he was wearing sweatpants, I was really hoping that was it. <laughs> like I was hoping that he was just bare chested up top and just like ready for a kung fu fight. No, like, it's, but it's, I mean, it's too cold for that. I think still. If you're if you're ready for a kung fu fight, it's never yeah, it's never too cold. And I assume he's come from a future, a colder future, so he can yeah. he can take it. No, it's hotter in the future. It's hotter in the global warming, dude. But more I assume because it'd be more water, he'd be chillier from being standing yeah. in the water all the time. And guns don't work in the future because of global warming. That's so right. Everybody has kung fu fights. It's true. Yep. That that makes sense. <laughs> all right. Well, I think. That is roundly and soundly our show. Yes. For this week. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Stay tuned in two weeks when we do it all again, but different. Rate us on iTunes. (laughs) 